Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, Ewan Patterson and Adam Nicholas from What Culture Football. Uh, but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football for daily football podcasts. But gents, the reason we are gathered here today... Glad here today, man. Every time. <laughs> ...is because this week marks the 10-year anniversary of Emmanuel Adebayor scoring that unforgettable goal against Man City, uh, sorry, for Man City against Arsenal, running the length of the pitch, the fastest I've ever seen him move, to celebrate in front of the Arsenal fans. Do you feel aged knowing that it's 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 10 years ago. I tell you what, I always yeah. think of, I remember them in terms of the kits that the clubs were wearing mm. at the time. And I remember that Man City kit vividly and who was playing. And what a weird thing to do, man. What a weird Weird thing to do. I distinctly remember that, that was the when Man City just sort of had all the money, but weren't really sure what to do with it. It was just putting the putting it together. Have, wasn't uh, it? Craig Bellamy. Um, hey, actually, the, the team that started to put together. Elano. Like all of these disgruntled players, wasn't it, from elsewhere who were they weren't like top tier. A disgruntled manager were, from somewhere. Yeah, else. they weren't top tier, but they were still better than. Newcastle players, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> when did Tevez join? Was that the year after? <coughs> no, two years yeah, after. It might have been the same. You know what it's because I had yeah. like the it was that it was the blue with the really yeah. thick white collar. Yeah. I seem to remember. I've just blotted that entire period mm. of history from my brain. No, after two thousand nine, the, the history yeah, of yeah, kind yeah. of went down. You know, a, a brief dark period. So I just kind of put it all in a nice little box. And I don't recall over any there, of it. <laughs> it just goes over there. Joe Cole, who? <laughs> so yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Jeez, he gets sent off on his debut. I can't even remember. He looked gassed all the time. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I've brought that up is I want to use this as a jumping off point to talk about players who came back to haunt former clubs. Well, mm. so where do you want to start? Um, I don't know, really. I, it's one of those interesting things I go back to and I'm like, I, I kind of the, the big predominant narrative over the past few years has been Chelsea's quote unquote rejects coming back to haunt them, mm. um, which I think is always interesting. You have your, your, your De Bruyne's and your Lukaku's and then your Mohamed Salah's as well. And mm. that's been one of my favorite narratives at the moment. You know, it kind of emblematic of Chelsea's ridiculous transfer strategy and impatience and short term thinking. There was a period, to haunt them. There was a period a couple of years ago where you could have made like a one to 11 mm-hmm. of this amazing squad of, of players who Chelsea went. Nah, who? Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne? No, yeah. no, thank you. That is a what-if universe where mm-hmm. Chelsea are the best team in the world, not just in the Premier League, in the world, because they kept all these players and nurtured them and didn't get rid of a manager every five minutes, and they've got this incredible team. But, like, think about all the talent they had there. I know, obviously, it's not quite on top. We're getting mm. a bit off there, but, like, 
But it's nuts. It's yeah. ridiculous. ridiculous. Were there ever any players that really came back to haunt Newcastle? Oh, that, I'm sure they are. There was a few half Andy Cole, the team. Maybe. Andy Cole. Anybody who was a striker ever, whoever comes back to play against <laughs> Newcastle, inevitably ends up scoring. I was, we went to see the, the Leicester Newcastle game recently, and I was sat just waiting patiently for Jose Perez to just stick on the back there because he was really hamming it up. He was playing the heel when he was he was there. The whole crowd was bu- they were booing him out the building. All he did was leave for thirty five million pounds. I'll like, have that, thank you. Yeah, Andy Carroll, same thing. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, we. I, I imagine there is. I'm trying to off the top of my head. The real any real notable ones who have broken my heart. Give me a minute. You've asked okay. me that right. One on of the air, names there. that, and very rare that I say this. One of the names that immediately leaped, leapt into my head for this was Danny Welbeck. Oh, Danny Christ, Welbeck, yeah. who of course left Man United, went to Arsenal after some <laughs> opportunities were diminished for him. And all Man United fans, because they're lovely people, said, well, that's him done. Done and dusty. He's gone to a smaller club. He's going to be rubbish now. I think I read somewhere he scored in half the games he played against Man United. And I distinctly remember him scoring mm. a goal to knock them out of the FA Cup. Yes. Um, I think there's an interesting thing here with you know players coming back to haunt them with... It's one of those things where players who have left or haven't proven themselves at a quote-unquote club that they've been to, like Manchester United, or even in Liverpool in some mistakes. I remember mm. we got rid of Christian Benteke to Crystal Palace, and then <laughs> Big Sam part the bus, and you know I had Christian Benteke coming up, and then just you know ruining my. That was on my birthday. That ruining was. my. Look it at was. this! You've really opened the yeah, wound here. Exactly, but I, it happens to pretty much every club almost, and I think you know the Welbeck situation with Man United was definitely a case of, "Oh, you're too good for me, are you?" Well, that kept on happening over and over again. So yeah, how, how have Liverpool fared in the past with with former players coming back? To be fair, not as bad as you'd think. I mean, we, we you know with Torres like, when he left, he just kind of basically you know no staff and that's a sh- you know he went to Chelsea, so I have no sympathy there. But you know, mm. it was a great servant for the club, and the fact that he didn't really get one over us when he went to Chelsea was kind of like a, a, a yeah, he, mm. the grass isn't always greener, is it? <laughs> uh, even though he did went on to win the Premier League title and, and other few trophies as well. But Champions whatever, League, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, I'll never forget Gary never losing his mind <laughs> in that Champions League semi, was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Little round the keeper. Mm. Oh god, that yeah. was so. Oh good. yeah, I'll never hear a bad word by Chelsea fans said against Fernando Torres. Mm. No, that was the goal. Yeah, well, of course. The narrative this year, when we drew Barcelona <laughs> in the Champions League, was that Suarez and Coutinho were going to come back to Hodders, and they didn't, did they? <laughs> so there we go. I'm filling up the obnoxious stereotype right now, aren't I? That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Just do it. Just going to. expecting it anyway. It You're meeting yeah. the court. Now. I mean, I basically erased all the traumatic moments where we've lost a player and they've come back and broken. My- the only times I've really been had my heart broken by a player that's gone to leave us is the fact that you know Xavi Alonso never got to see him a play again for Liverpool, oh, which is a man, shame. A you know, never came back to haunt us, but it was a case of you He's know never like, came back. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I guess. You know, for us, mainly um, the the haunting of players that have left has come from the fact that we've replaced them with absolute dross like mm. Aquilani. So <laughs> I couldn't care, man. Aquilani was like quality over in Italy. Yeah. Mm. Comes to Liverpool, <laughs> it wasn't happening. Yeah. Well, because you and I have got a, a shared affinity of Italian just football. Italy in general. Mate. Was one of those one of those players that. When they said he was coming to the Premier League, mm. you told all your mates, "Yes, he'll be great." I, I literally waxed lyrical about Aquilani. I was like, "This could be the signing for <laughs> Liverpool to change the whole." And it wasn't obviously yeah. never worked out uh, for him. Not to go slightly off topic here, but how do you two feel about celebrating against your former club? Um, I think. Is, like, well, there before you answer oh, this question, yep. answer it as a fan. Yes, but then I want you to also answer it as 
if it was you as a person, yes. if you were literally a player yeah. and you went to a different club, what would be your philosophy? I mean, okay, so I think my answer will surprise you because I think I, I think it's the same for both. I definitely think you should celebrate, and that's the thing is you like if, you, if you're committing, you're not playing for that team anymore. Mm. You know, your mind goes back to Ince when he left Man United and joined Liverpool, and he just celebrated in front of the cop when he scored against them. That's how it should. You've committed to. You've already gone and joined the team's biggest yeah. rival. You might as well start celebrating. And I think there's there's ideas of like showing respect to your former club or whatever. Um, in the emotion of, say, you know, when Salah, we absolutely routed Roma the other year in the Champions League, he didn't celebrate against them yeah. at all. You know, that's fair enough. You know, Roma is where he got his career back They'd on had track enough. and whatever. They'd had enough. But, you know, he'd literally just carried Liverpool all the way to a 5-1 thrashing of Roma mm. at, in the Champions League semi-final. <laughs> and you do think, how do you even contain that? Yeah. How do you contain that as a, you know, is it, would you think that celebrating against your former club is unprofessional? Is it, you mm. know, and, and I know it's a mark of respect sometimes as well, but at the same time, you know, get caught up in the moment. You feel like a bit of an idiot as a fan if you've just you're going absolutely mental and meanwhile you know Big Mo's just there so being like doing the Charlie Brown walk back to the middle of the thing <laughs> like, yeah yeah I mean you think of like Frank Lampard when he scored against Chelsea and he looked almost like apoplectic about it he was just like oh I'm so sorry please forgive me I'm sorry <laughs> and it's like well just if you're a fan <sighs> of the team who scored you're surely thinking hang on if you're holding back on the celebration you're holding back in the game because mm-hmm. you don't want to play too well against your former employers I think it's one of them it's a difficult thing it's a case by case isn't it mm. like if you've got a player who's had a terrible time in a club then you can understand when you put that goal in against your former club, mm-hmm. you're going to go mad. You're going to go and have a go at the support as a do whatever you want to do against ex-managers or whoever. I, I think if you've really got an affinity with the club you've left, mm-hmm. like they've done something great for you, you spent five years there, they gave you a start in football, you became the player you are because of all the coaches, da, da, da. then I can totally understand someone not wanting to celebrate. However, with that model and you're in a final of a cup or a... Yes. You're like... Come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's the cup. It's a chance to win, to really etch your name into history. You, you're right. You can't contain that. That is... And it, anybody who manages that is beyond words in terms of, like, having the temperament to do that because you see it sometimes where players do. the go to celebrate. Mm. Like, because it's a big moment and they'll go like... And then they'll go like, oh, and they're like, oh, no. And then they've done a little bit of a smile and a, they're going to punch and then they just calmly walk off. I'd, uh, I'd, I, th- I always take the David Louise approach to, to life generally. <laughs> uh, and that is, uh, have your cake and eat it too. Because I seem to remember he scored against Chelsea for PSG, went insane as he always does with that flowing hair behind him. And then just afterwards tweeted, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I got caught up in the emotions. Because I've been listening to a lot of uh, that mm. Peter Crouch podcast recently. Fantastic podcast. Well worth checking out. And um, he was talking about regretting certain celebrations. Mm. And not he's not really talking about not celebrating. Yeah. Just if, he's, is he, if he's about to pour, like, douse the flames on the robot right now, I'm going to No, no, really no. Upset. Don't worry. He is, I mean, that's his bread and butter, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but he was talking about just doing a crap celebration. I think he was talking about the overhead kick uh, possibly against Galatasaray he scored mm. for Liverpool uh, and the fact he just sort of did a bit of a crap <laughs> celebration for that <laughs> I can't even but anyway I'd much rather look back and see me doing some wild celebration mm-hmm. if, if it's like yeah. imagine if that was your last ever goal yes. mm-hmm. I mean we're, yeah. di- we're different I'm very much the dad on talk sport saying well you know if, you, if the you dad on talk if sport if you don't celebrate you know get these goals you mm. know the game's gone sort of thing yeah. but I'm inclined to think I would think feel a pang of uh, regret, but at the same time, as fans sat here, if you get to score one Premier League goal ever, I'd be naked probably in the middle <laughs> of the- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> I can understand that, and I think you would... I have this very similar thing about, you know, you get these people who just look exactly the same throughout the whole life. They've got the same haircut, they've got the same they facial hair. The way, they, when they get the end of their life, they're going to be like, they're going to look back and just be like, oh yeah, I was the same for all that time. Mm. Like, all the, you didn't celebrate or didn't do anything. Wouldn't you rather have a moment where you did something mm. crazy? Like, you're running around, you've just backflip into the crowd, <laughs> you broke all the bones in your body. I'd rather have that than just be like, yeah, well, Didn't that, that happen last season? I think was it at Napoli Stadium? Someone jumped, jumped over, over. The, and then just fell yeah, like not realised <laughs> it was a big drop. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to yeah. players haunting yes, their, yes. haunting their former clubs. Even if I can get my words out, mm-hmm. uh, one name I, I do want to mention here is Eric Cantona. Less so for the goals he scored against Leeds United, mm. and more just being like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have sold me to Man United because <laughs> it was the whole thing of it was Howard Wilkinson said. Um, Fergie rang up about a certain player and he said, no, he's not for sale. But, you know, if you want Cantona, you could probably take him off our hands. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm going to have to pretend that I was alive during all of this. <laughs> oh, God. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was not alive when, when Eric Cantona played for Leeds. That's so, really so depressing. Jesus, that's the that what? I, I bring to the table here, yeah. That is when just did you rocked my will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was a United player two years by the time. Well, this is the end. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, guys. Um, (laughs) Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. I might just have like a scythe just for running everyone under their own mortality. Uh, Help me out here, Nicholas. I'll I'll certainly try. I was four, but let's give it a blast. Yeah, yeah, memories of uh, of that at that time when you look back. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest blunders in terms of selling a player. I mean, you you understand where they were coming from. I mean, I can, you can understand where they're coming from. There, it was a period of time, though, where Leeds was still very much a team who could have potentially been considered to be the next big thing, mm. weren't they? So you're thinking, if you want to like lay down the mark of keeping that policy of what you're going to do with your players, are you going to keep them? To just kind of offhandedly dis- disregard and get shot of Eric Cantona, knowing the fact, knowing what he went on to do at Manchester United, and let's be honest, how big of a an icon of the game. I know that might be like hard for a Liverpool fan here, but it, in fairness, that is a, as a guy who literally is synonymous with the Premier League, I think you, there's names throughout the years, especially in the 90s, you think like, oh God, some of the stuff he used to do, or even down the karate kicks and stuff like that, like that's, he's iconic. So just be able to like, mm. oh yeah, well, just let him go. Just have him disappear. I don't, I think Gary Neville said it recently, I don't know if it was so, Oh, Siri, hello. <laughs> I said, I think Gary Neville said, um, I want to be in the podcast I, I didn't too. catch that, Siri says. Uh, I think, like, where was it? Gary Neville said it was back in the day, Manchester United had a way where they could essentially bully clubs because they had the most money mm-hmm. and they could say, we want that person, so we're getting them. Mm. I'm not sure if that would have exactly been the scenario. Kind no, of, probably but not. 
the fact that they, they just opened be like, the door for it. Yeah, they opened the door, and you think like, look at what he did, how many goals he scored, and how good he was. Man, yeah, I got a bit of a track record for this. Uh, Robin van Persie, mm-hmm. of course, scoring against Arsenal and then going there, uh, going to Man United, and of course winning the league with them. I mean, being the, mm-hmm. the standout player for all the How old was he season? when he moved to Man United again? I remember that being a big thing. He was, he wasn't, he was, wasn't, he wasn't a young player. He was no, late twenties, no, no. early thirties, mid twenties. But um, yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, it's it's that's tragic for Arsenal fans though. Like you have van Persie. You know, your your most valued player for years at that point, mm. and then you can't fulfill his dreams or ambitions with them, and then he goes to Manchester United. And I always think it's more painful when a player leaves to a to join a club in the same league. I mm. could deal with. Like, I think you know there was talk of Coutinho coming back this summer to mm. either you know Chelsea or Spurs or like uh, even Manchester City at one point. You know that would have legitimately kind of been like, oh, I, I, you know. I, I'd like to think that maybe the bond you have with the club is a little bit whatever. Mm. But, you know, I think it's especially painful if that happens and the narrative is they then go on to fulfill their ambitions because it's like, well, what are we offering as the club? Why aren't, why don't players feel confident enough to try and fulfill that here? And mm. yeah, I think that's Van Persie kind of exemplifies that whole fear. The Van Persie one's uh, an interesting one because it, sometimes I like it. I like to see a player who moves away and the thing works out for them. How many times do you see it where mm. it doesn't work out and you're like, like, I didn't necessarily want to see Torres do well at Chelsea, mm-hmm. but like they've spent so much money on, you know, sometimes I like it when a club just spends that money and mm-hmm. the player can take the skills that they mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. And, well, and it keeps paper, the paper, Torres, Ancelotti, you think? You think, well, yeah. that's a golden thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Morales, mm-hmm. bringing over a good player like that. And like, you want, sometimes you want to see it happen, but I guess with Van Persie, it's the case of he left because he wanted more and he got it. Like, mm. he was he was a player who needed to be playing a team that was going to win the mm. league. He was the best striker in the Premier League at that point. Mm. And sure enough, he went to Man United and lo and behold, he's actually really good <laughs> and, and fit in perfectly with that model. One interesting one I thought of, which you'll probably be able to relate to now you've made me incredibly depressed about how old I am, uh, <laughs> is, is Frank Lampard, a name, of course, synonymous with Chelsea. <laughs> but my dad, a West Ham fan, will insist he is a West Ham player. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of been lost all that, hasn't it? This is a funny one because we've got Frank Lampard over West Ham, but the one I immediately think about the, is the Man City <laughs> Chelsea Frank, one. Frank Lampard Man City because yeah. I remember distinctly how inevitable it was. He looked like he just inadvertently shot Chelsea's dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he'd gone to just shoot a gun off. Hey, and hey had, Roman, give us your pooch. And it had ricocheted and killed an innocent dog because he was like, he scored and it was like, ah. Oh. And then he's like, it's like an OG almost. He's a bit. Like, it was. It was almost like. He was, <laughs> Yeah, like putting his hands, I was like, oh God, but what, like Martin Taylor, I say, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> but oh yes, <laughs> like, like, what was the reaction, like, oh no, he didn't mean to score for the club he's playing for, but yeah, in terms of this one, the one for West Ham though, I think that they really gave him a hard time, West mm. Ham, like even when he was playing there, obviously, the, Fat Frank, Fat Frank, they didn't, they thought he was just getting the team because daddy's boy and all that kind of thing. So this, for me, is more justified. I'd rather see that happen when a player comes back and gets their comeuppance mm-hmm. um, and actually arguably goes on to become the player he was meant to... He would never have achieved that at West Ham, would he? Without no, being, no. no disrespect to West Ham, but... It he went to Chelsea at the perfect time, didn't and he? And he just showcased, you know, what, what he could what he could do. And he was given mm. the platform for that, to be fair. Uh, one player who consistently seemed to go back and, and haunt his old clubs, uh, probably because he just had so many of them, is Nicholas Anelka. Uh, he obviously played for... Liverpool, Hang on, Arsenal. Start with who he didn't play for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reverse engineer. Don't think he played for Man United. <laughs> no, That's about it, no. it, really. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, Anelka, you kind of think of the, the lost potential of the Julier years at Liverpool. Mm. And, yeah, you can't. I can't say that he was ever around long enough to feel any 
pang of you know upset whenever he did return mm-hmm. to Hornets, but it's a case of you know what a player is. It's kind of frustrating that that never. You, you couldn't build anything stronger from that. And, you know, people tend to get like, oh, you played for Liverpool. And it's like, yeah, you didn't. It, yeah, it's one of those things where I can't really relate to any sort of yeah. immense inner tragedy of being like, oh, no, it came back. But it's more of a case of, again, exemplifying the lost potential of not being able to come into play that, you know, you're a perfect fit and then them going on to fulfill ambitions elsewhere. And, yeah, it's interesting when you're that much of a journeyman, how you relate to that in your so own head. That's the thing with Anelka. It's not like he went off mm. to one other club and yeah. then had, a, like, an incredible career there because it wasn't his style also. Mm. I don't think it was the style of his, is it his brother or cousin who's mm. his agent. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm very rich because yeah, you are going to a new club every time I'm Quite. getting part of that sailing on bonus possibly before or maybe slightly before all these mad transfer figures got mm-hmm. thrown about I think he was the most expensive player in history like cumulatively yeah. yeah well because he's been to so many places he's been he? what well, he's played for Chelsea Liverpool Arsenal yeah, uh, Real Madrid Bolton, Bolton. I mean, and then Man City. I forgot Man City. Bolton yeah. Yeah, <laughs> half, the, half the teams West Bromwich yeah. Albion you played there yeah no, half no, the teams he would go back to he would like, remember mm-hmm. Bolton he was a prolific striker for them Mm -hmm. and he would go back to these former clubs and just dominate them Uh, one one final player I do want to mention and it's rare we get through one of these lists without mentioning him is Zlatan Ibrahimovic there's a one for Uh, you he's had some time in Syria of course and I distinctly remember him in a Milan derby Mm. winning a penalty or taking a penalty I should say and celebrating against his former club before the ball had even hit the back of the net he took (laughs) it basically with his arms aloft (laughs) He's something else. Like he's, he's just he's the best. Something he's the else. most cartoonish man alive. He's yeah. like some sort of evil Disney villain that's been like you know was glooped out of animation, molded from set like different <laughs> old animated cells and brought to life. He even has the evil facial hair. Mm. Like I, I don't even. And he's bullying people in America now. Like it's just like stop, stop the yeah. already dead Slatan, please no. It's that thing of like at what point did he go? All right, I am this guy actually. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he knew he was good, he was confident and stuff. It's the same with Ronaldo, though, where mm-hmm. people had this perceived um, idea of him, so he just started leaning into it. Like mm-hmm. I'll never forget when he used to watch soccer in back in the day, <laughs> and they asked Ronaldo, like, "Who's the best player in the world?" And he was like, "Me." <laughs> and it's like, but leaning right hard yeah. into the fact that everyone thinks he's that guy anyway. It's like Andy Bramish, though, like. Just what a character to have, and if if someone was going to come back and score against you, I'd almost not be angry if it was nah, Latin. It's just, look, he's just a it's god. It's almost like you've just been like, you know when you've been tangoed? It's like you've been slat-hammed. <laughs> you, you just accept it, don't you? Um, Aston Kutcher comes running out. <laughs> you just got slatted. <laughs> the best goal against a former club? Has oh, to be Adam 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Full length of the pitch. Yes. Celebration in front of the crowd. The best celebration or the best goal? No, not the best goal. I just yeah, the best celebration. The best, best celebration. The best of, ha- best of haunting your former club has to go to Emmanuel Adebayo. I mean, he's when he started that run... <laughs> He must. He's running. He's literally running into history. He's like they're going to remember this for years because it looks it's like so his soul's ridiculous. about to jump out yeah. of his body. That, it's ridiculous. So, like he's trying to. He's like it's either he's got like fire ants on him. He's trying to get his shirt off. He's just uh, running. He's like, into, oh. it down, yeah. It's the way he's like. He's yeah. running yeah. like that. That's it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I've never seen him move Put that it this quick way. in my life. If if I know it, ha- it probably has had a little bit of it uh, retrospectively, but if that had happened last weekend the amount of gifts and memes we would have had mm. from it. Because like, it wasn't a huge thing back then. Mm. But that happened now, it would be happening for weeks. He'd be, mm. running, he'd be running into people's DMs. That's what he'd be doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, let us know some players who came back to your haunt your former your club or players you know of who came back to haunt their former clubs in the comment section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureFC. Uh, watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Ewan at... Ewan Ruins Things. You can follow Adam at... At 
it's Adam Nicholas. You can That's follow me. me at Adam Wilborn. You can follow us all at What Culture FC and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football for daily football podcasts. This has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to you and to Adam. Thank you for watching and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.